You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back to Play Tessie. It is episode 25, the Rajay Davis episode. Rajay Davis, one of my personal favorite Red Sox players of all time, despite how short it was. Also, the official episode of Steve Pierce, Mike Lowell, Jackie Bradley Jr., and the official podcast of Cutoff Hoodies. Sammy's wearing a new a new hoodie. It's not a cutoff, but he's looking good today. It's a puffy. Yeah, it, no, it looks good. And this is this is the official Red Sox podcast of WEEI, the Red Sox Radio Network. Before we get going, click that subscribe button. Make sure you follow us wherever the hell you're listening. Get that notification when these episodes come out. Be part of the community, man. Be part of the Play Tessie community. Sammy's here. Pat's here. Sammy's got that new hoodie, and he's got his uh, chicken dunks hat on too. How you doing, oh, Sammy? Oh, it's a it's a pigeon. It's a pigeon. Why is it a pigeon? It it is a pigeon. You're right. Why? I don't know. I, don't know. I was in I was in Maine, and uh, there was a store with like local artists who make stuff. Saw this, had to buy it, and now I wear it on every I wear it on every episode. I don't think I have. I ever you wear it all the time. I wore a Patriots beanie one. I've worn it on like 90% of our episodes. Yeah, I, I want to say, like, I, I change the hat up every now and then, and sometimes I don't wear a hat. I want to say you've you've maybe gone no, I want to say commando. Head commando you've gone at least once. There's no way you've worn a hat every single episode. The, the, the hair's a little bit long right now. It is very so long. When I, get a, when I get a haircut and look a little more presentable, maybe I'll go hair commando or head commando, whatever you said. But right now I gotta wear a hat or else I look like a, I look like a yoga instructor or like a hockey player or something somewhere in that realm. I think Pat is also is always wearing. We're we're a big hat podcast. Pat, you're. Yeah, I think I have you've worn a hat on every episode. Baseball, right? we're a baseball podcast. Yeah, Pat. I have a revolving door of hats, just different socks hats. <laughs> I think. Yeah, I you gotta have a rotation. I do. I literally. I think every episode, I wear a different Red Sox hat. You've been wearing this one a lot lately. This one's cool. This one it looks like it's from like 1912. It's sick. Yeah. Is this? Did you just you just got this one, right? I got this one and then the all white one with the rope on it. Yeah, that was a cool is one. I like say, that one. I like this one too. That's a cream colored hat. Oh I no! Hate it's when more like a say khaki. That. It's a khaki. Yes. <laughs> all right. It's yes. It's like khaki colored brown. I hate when people say cream colored. Cream is not a color yeah. to me. I would go khaki not. here, and then this is more of like a denim color, but it's not denim. Not yeah, no, denim. your hat is just pants colored. It's mo- it's just different types of pants with a Red Sox logo on it, and you put it on your head. <laughs> yeah. God damn. Head pants. Head pants. You know who else has been wearing some head pants lately? Who's that? I don't know. I was going to say John Henry, but there's no way. John Henry probably... Well, I, you know what? He used to wear those Red Sox hats at spring training. It was yeah. like, and he, yeah. he would like give them out to all the kids that that he's like meeting in his in his yeah. appearance at spring training, and he'd wear one too. But he'll have some, he'll have some underpants on his head when I give him a mean wedgie at winter weekend. <laughs> off topic, yeah, that's where I should have gone with that. Off, uh, off, little off topic, right here. Uh, Jack Curry, who's a Yankees reporter, is yep. it says that Blake Snell wants seven years, two hundred million. Yep. Good luck. Yeah, no, sorry, yeah, man. we'll see. He's nasty. If he wants he's the Mariners, I feel. After that trade, they got an opening spot. Tony Disco's whatever. I'm sure they'll move somebody and sign the hometown boy. They'll probably get a discount. That's so Mariners. 
I'm for it. I don't I don't agree with you. I don't think that's where he goes, but I'm so for it because if they do that, then maybe we can start talking some of their pitchers, which is what we've been doing all offseason, but they haven't been doing it. Yeah. But I I think I think he ends up with the Angels. That's my official that's Gordo's official Blake Snell prediction. I hope I know there's a bunch of Sox fans that want him to end up with the Yankees. I don't want the Yankees that's getting the Cy Young winner. I'm sorry. I hate that. I had a tweet about I absolutely hate that. They're like, oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> clowning the Yankees for signing the other Cy Young Award winner. And by the <laughs> way, they already have the other one. They got AL and NL, and little AL and NL if they sign Snell. And people are like, oh yeah, he walks too many guys. Shut up. He's nasty. I do not want the Yankees to get that guy. No way. It's one of those weird things where it's like, I feel like the Yankees fans also maybe should think that there are better options for them. I like, I feel like they shouldn't want him and we also shouldn't want him to go there. Cause like, if they sign Blake Snell and he flops and Rodon doesn't bounce back, then like, oh my god, how much money do you have what invested? What a money pit that would like, be! Oh my you know who god, they should sign the the absolute best move for the Yankees is Jordan Montgomery. They need Ooh, a hate the Yankees. Eric Cole, that's an ace. That's probably the best pitcher in baseball. Sorry, Red Sox fans. You got Montgomery. You maybe you get a Rodon bounce back, and then whoever else they have. That's that's not bad, man. So um, let's all hope and pray that they do not sign Snell or Monty. I've and that they do, that, and that they I, do sign Marcus Stroman. But you go, Pat. Yeah. yeah. No, I thought it came out that Montgomery still has like this massive grudge against the Yankees because of leaving him off the postseason roster. Wouldn't you? Yeah, but if you give a guy 160 million dollars, they'll forget about a grudge. That's fair. But wouldn't? <laughs> but like, wouldn't you initially be be thinking, uh, I don't know? They 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 like traded me because they didn't want me on the postseason roster, and they traded me for a guy who stunk for them, and that like. Kind of stunk before they he got there too. Like Harrison Bader, was he ever really that good? I don't I don't think so. Yeah. No, I think the the other thing too is like I remember that because back when he was initially traded to St. Louis, it was the Yankees gave up like a okay starting pitcher for um Harrison Bader. Then obviously he becomes what he is. He's a workhorse, inning eater, mid threes guy, whatever. But when he was traded, he was kind of went very much at them in the press. And he was saying that Matt Blake told him that his fastball sucked <laughs> in like all this stuff. And I, Matt Blake is still there. Like, it's not like they've had like a whole regime change. You know, what's so dorky is that uh, how Yankees fans and Yankees media will be like, and by the way, we'll move off of the Yankees in a moment, but how they'll be like, Garrett Cole's okay with this pitcher being in his rotation. <laughs> like, is he that yeah. much of a Oh, yeah. That he's got to approve it. Like, oh, Garrett, are you okay with this? And he's like, okay. yeah, I think this is fine. You can put him in my rotation. I'm Garrett Cole. Like, it's so, so dorky. Like, okay, I'll, I'll, fine, fine. I will let you guys pay a bunch of money to have the other Cy Young winner be my number two. It's not even like he has to, it's not even like they're asking him to be the number two starter. It's like, yeah. hey, do you want this really good guy who's going to be in your shadow? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you do? Okay, cool. Yeah, no. But yeah. on this, Matt Blake, I used to go to the Cressy Performance, the uh, the gym opened by their, I believe, head trainer, Eric Cressy, and Matt Blake was like the pitching coach out in Hudson, Mass. That's where he was, and now he's the pitching coach of the Yankees. If, if I had pitched, he worked with people that, that were on my team. If I I was never a good pitcher, but had I pitched, I might have been able to work with the pitching coach of the Yankees. But we'll move on because we need to talk. Oh my god, I can't, we we have to talk about it. The Red Sox, 
the Red Sox sent out a press release on Tuesday, Wednesday. They sent it on Wednesday that at winter weekend, they're going to have Jonathan Papelbon have sort of a talk show type deal, which don't don't get me wrong. I love Pap and anything Pap puts his hands on is going to be awesome, but it's yeah. it's what they did it in place of because we'll they've done away. That. Yeah, we'll, we'll discuss yeah. the Pap thing after, but yeah. Go yeah. on. <laughs> but they've done away with the town hall. Town hall, like you know the event where last year John Henry, Sam Kennedy, Heim Bloom, and Alex Cora sat in front of a crowd of people. We were in the crowd and from start to finish faced the music. And the boos ran and the jeers ran. And uh Jared Carabas asked John Henry if he still cared about the team and he, you know, sarcastically checked his watch and then let Sam Kennedy answered the question for him, and later John Henry said that it's expensive to have baseball players. Uh, before we before we get to our reactions about that, I do want to say that I was looking back at at some of the videos of that, and maybe maybe I'll post the video on the timeline tomorrow. I just with the, I was going to post it today, but with the Bill stuff, it just felt so like insignificant. But yeah. Heim Bloom explaining his vision, even though people were being incredibly mean. I thought he did a really good job and this event getting canceled after he talked about needing to be there to face the music so that they so that they could embrace the fans when times were good. Like I feel like Haim just keeps getting getting put in a better and better light and more and more people For sure. are realizing that this guy wasn't all that bad. I don't know. He's thriving. He's thriving this year. I mean this is awesome. great. Yeah, he got a job. We talked about it last uh, episode. Got a job with the Cardinals. Red Sox fans are kind of like, ah, shit, maybe it wasn't all him. He still, you know, deserves a good chunk of the blame for the last two seasons, but it wasn't all him. I think that's abundantly clear at this point. It's not like he didn't want to spend money necessarily. Maybe there was a budget placed on him. Maybe. Yeah, he's not laying in bed at night going, I have to defend John Henry's money. I cannot spend it. He doesn't care. Not refuse to spend his money. Yeah. We're not doing it. We're going to do this the hard way. Sorry, John. I know you want me to spend your money and make this team good, but I'm looking at your financials and I'm thinking it's not a good idea. So I'm not going to do it. How stupid. Like people think that too. People think that he didn't still think that he didn't want to spend money. Crazy to me, but it is what it is. Yeah. I mean, we, we got to, we're going to have to give our takes on this. I mean, we're going to be at winter weekend and I don't know about you guys, but to me, last year at Winter Weekend, the highlight of the entire experience there was right off the bat at that event. And like yeah. it was funny because this was the yeah. first time like I had met Pat maybe in person for the first time, like an hour before that at the hotel. And Sammy, Pat and I met for the first time in our seats minutes. for this in event. Our seats. Yeah. In, our, in our seats. We, and we, then we that happened. Yeah, we look. I remember. Uh, I think it was you, Gordo. I was sitting like to your left, and you turned back and looked at me like, "Oh my god!" And I'm, I'm just kind of <laughs> nodding my head like, "This is awesome. This is, this is cinema. What's that meme? Pure cinema." <laughs> it was great. I remember too because Sammy, I think, was directly behind me, and I looked at Gordo, and me and Gordo made eye contact, and I kind of looked back at Sammy. And go, this is pretty fucking bad, right? Yeah. Not just me. And like, it's we all kind of like. You know, I Bad. actually remember I, I, I remember feeling a little bit of people are going to get on me for this. Sympathy. A little bit of sympathy for yeah. John Henry when he was going back and forth 
with the uh, audience because he was just so out of his element. Like no, no semblance of how to communicate with a crowd like that or how to handle a situation like that. But, but now here's my take on what's happening this year, or excuse me, what's not happening this year. It is insulting, embarrassing, and pathetic. It's insulting as a fan. It's, it's painful. Um, after all, after the full throttle thing, after two last place finishes, you're not even going to stand up and face the music. It is embarrassing for the Red Sox, I'm sure. I'm sure the people behind the scenes, other than ownership, are kind of like, oh my God, I can't believe they're putting us through this. Shout out to the PR team. Um, and it's pathetic. The owners, it's just pathetic. You put out two last place teams. You promise you're going to change things. You know, still lots of time to go, so I'm not going to put the nail in the coffin on that yet. But the way things are going, is there any reason for us to be hopeful? We've been hanging on a Jorge Soler rumor for two days now. Just wait. All we heard was Hector Gomez said they're interested. And I'm staring at my phone all day like, are we going to get this guy? He's not even that great. He's good. But I'm like, it's so frustrating. And I feel like we lament this all the time. I just... I'm not surprised at all, though. That's That might be the worst part, is that I'm not even 1% surprised that they're not showing up. I don't think anyone expected them to show up. I texted my friend uh, two days ago when it happened, and I said, oh, look, they're not showing up. And he goes, didn't we already know this? I said, no, <laughs> we just assumed it, and we were right. Wouldn't, wouldn't you have, like, I don't know about you, but what I, I don't want to say expected, but what I had hoped for was that I didn't expect John Henry to, to come back, and I didn't expect Tom Warner to to show up. But what I did expect, and I suppose like maybe not all hope is lost for this. Maybe it'll be part of the Papelbon thing, but I wouldn't expect it. But what I was hoping for was for Sam Kennedy and, uh, and Craig Breslow to be up there to answer fan questions. And maybe they take the fans out of it and they let be there. I think, I think Kennedy's supposed to be there, but what's the point? It's like listening to a Bill Belichick uh, press conference. You're not going to get anything out of Sam. It's not about that. Yeah, it's not about that, though. It's about letting the fans be heard. Like, that is such an important part of this for me is that... And then, Pat, I want to let you give your take, but I'll just shout yeah. this off first. Is they've, they've finished in last three out of the last four seasons. And I know that there was no clear way to win the day for ownership if they're not going to spend a bunch of money. Like, if you go, you're going to get booed and it's going to be a story. If you don't go, then not going is the story. So I understand there's no way to win. But the fact of the matter is... Like when it's all said and done, like Red Sox fans want the team to be good. They want something to cheer for. They want to see a team that's good, goes to the playoffs, makes some noise, something they could be proud of for their home city. And when they're not getting that, when the team isn't performing well, and when there's when the when spending goes down and ownership isn't talking to the media. I think fans deserve to be able to ask questions and they deserve to be able to have those questions answered. And if it's not from ownership, fine. Let it let it be from Sam Kennedy. Let it be from Craig Breslow. Let it be from people who actually know what's going on. And like maybe they're not going to be able to, to pull back the curtain entirely. But I just think fans, like your biggest fans are the ones going to events like this. Those are the fans that deserve to have their voices heard the most. And to take that away from them, in this off season of all off seasons, I I think it's just it's a low blow. It's it's borderline. It, it, I don't even know if it's bore, it might just be embarrassing. It is embarrassing 
it's it, and it, it's just a terrible look for the team. Bad look for the organization. Uh, you, you go, Pat. This I just I just don't like where this. I just don't I don't like how this feels. It feels slimy. Yeah, I it does feel slimy, especially because they essentially went back on their word last year. They were like, you know what, like we got to go up there and take our licks. We deserve it. Like bad to baseball team, whatever. Uh, you were worse last year, and I would argue that you have not substantially. You, I would say they've upgraded the team. I would not say by any substantial. I think they're worse. Yeah. Yes. Thing right they're now, either a little bit better, the same, or maybe a little bit worse. They, there's no like, oh, Red Sox. Yep, they were they got better this year. Um, and I think coming off of an even worse year after taking your licks, I think it is a pretty scummy thing to do, especially knowing how last year went and knowing like the they they were there, they heard it firsthand. People were pissed. And now that you don't want to spend money and you hire this new GM to make it look like you're going to try again and you change nothing that the, in the way you operate the last two years, I think it's insane to me that they're acting like I genuinely, I'm dead serious. I think they announced that Papelbon thing and thought that no one would bat an eye about the loss of that kind of fan form. But then another thing, and Sammy said something that reminded me. Looking back, I like I don't know how you guys feel. I feel so stupid because I don't know if you guys remember this. It was we signed Giolito. The next day we traded Sale or whatever it was. We in the group chat were like, you know what? Maybe we hold off recording. Now things are going. The dominoes are falling. We might get a follow-up move pretty soon. If we waited for a follow-up move, we would still not have recorded an episode. (laughs) Like, it's the lack of motivation from the front office. I'm not even going to blame the front office because there are, I believe, budgetary constraints. Craig can only do so much without whatever. But just the pure lack of, like, giving a shit. It's so annoying. Like, you see all these other teams, like, Love their owners, love the team. Like even in the bad years, like go out sports. Like we have no reason. They give us no reason to support them. None. Yeah, yeah. And I, it's not for me. It's not even the uh, the lack of moves so far. It's it's just I I feel insulted yeah. as a fan going to Winter Weekend. By the way, bought my tickets way in advance, so it's not like I'm. I mean, that's not really important, but yeah, it, it's insulting as a fan, especially like us. You can use the phrase 162 guys, guys who like, we have a, a podcast about this. We're constantly engaging with people on social media about this. We're at the games. We're talking about the team all the time. I'm sure in a tiny, tiny way, people like us help the Red Sox. We help make them more popular. We spread the word. And you know, like we, we're the ones who keep the lights on. You have no fans. You have no team. That's how it works. So I would just like, and I don't want to sound entitled. I would just, it would be nice if ownership showed them that they care as much about the Red Sox as we do, or as much about us as we care about the Red Sox, you know, something like that. Just throw us a bone. I feel like, I feel like they're neglecting the fan base in such a way where it's beginning to wear on me personally. Well, I don't, I don't think you sound entitled at all because, and this goes back, I think a little bit to what Pat was saying and then how you responded. Cause you said, I don't think it's the lack of moves to this point, but 
<coughs> Red Sox stats, bless you, Pat. Thank Red you. Sox stats <laughs> tweeted out. <laughs> um, that was great. Yeah. I'm very polite. I interrupted my take to bless you, Pat. Thank but you. Appreciate it. Sox stats tweeted out something that I thought was interesting. And, and it, and it, it's a thing like Craig Breslow. And this is, this isn't against him because I don't think that this is necessarily on him. I think that there's people that schedule these types of things for him, but he has not been available uh, like in interviews for, for newspapers, for podcasts. Like we haven't personally requested Craig Breslow on this show, but I'm absolutely sure that other shows have and that, and that other newspapers have. And if you think about it, he wasn't available to talk when they signed Giolito. Like Giolito did that on his own. Same thing with Tyler O'Neill. He didn't, Craig Breslow didn't do an availability for that. He did the GM meetings availability. He did the winter meetings availabilities, which are both like required things. And then he did a press, like a Q&A over Zoom when they traded Chris Sale. Outside of that, I want to say that that's all we've seen of him. And it's weird to me. It feels unnecessarily like protective. Like he, like it's like he, like he's got the secret service protecting the president. I don't know. I, that, so, I thought that was a good point by stats. So I actually disagree with the premise that he should be available. I think he has absolutely nothing to gain. He's already spoken on what he plans to do, what he wants to do. He gave his press conference. There's nothing he can say that is going to benefit him nor the Red Sox. Zero. So I think that's a different conversation than ownership not showing face. They're the ones who control the money. Craig Breslow, as we just spoke about when we spoke about Hein Bloom. Breslow's not the one who controls the uh, the wallet over there. Over there, he does the trades. I'm sure he, I'm sure he's asked for money, but yeah, I, I just don't think there's anything for him to gain uh, by doing media. What what are what are they? Gonna I disagree ask with you. I disagree with you. I'll tell you why. Because Heim Bloom could have been dragged to the wolves by the media in this town, and like by some he was, but he won over a lot of media members in Boston. By being honest with them, by being willing to make appearances on their shows and do interviews for them, he would answer their their questions via text. If you ask any media member in this town, even the ones that hated the way he ran things, every single one of them would say that he was an all around really good guy. And Heim Bloom, I I I can't I I wish I could cite exactly where I heard this, but I'm pretty sure at spring training last year he would go to lunch with with members of the media, like individually to like talk through his vision. And in turn, when you do that, you improve your image through the media. Like if the media portrays you in a better light, the fans are going to see you in a better light. And like, obviously that didn't, that didn't happen, but it wasn't because of the way most Red Sox media members wrote about him. So I think Breslow, even though he's probably not going to come out and say, yeah, ownership has put a budget on me. Like this is bullshit. He's not going to do that, but maybe he'll be able to like, express what he's thinking because i i will say this over and over again if if the red Sox were more open and more honest with their fans there would be so much less negative pr and if you want to see it for yourself go look in the comments of, of their twitter posts so my counter to that would be who cares who cares about getting in the good graces of the media heim bloom was in the good graces of the media he still had an angry mob of red Sox fans who wanted him out for years the only thing in my opinion, that Craig Breslow can do to win over the fans, to quell the storm, is put a good team on the field. 
And if his Absolutely. hands are tied and he can't do that because of financial restrictions, shouldn't have taken the job. I think all of us could have told you that there's going to be some sort of restriction. That's how it's been for for years. And I think most of us could have you know, surmise that that's what's going on. I don't think any GM, like we spoke about a few minutes ago, I don't think any GM is protecting the owner's money just to do it. So I hear what you're saying. I just don't see the upside in being on the right side of the media. Bill Belichick was never on the right side of the media. We all love him because he's a winner and he put good products out on the field because he's the GM as well. So I just don't see it. I, I'm, I'm fine with Breslow not talking to the media. It's the owners that really irks me. Yeah. It's hard to argue with Sammy here because this is literally his job. He works in PR, so it's hard to argue with him. But at the same time, Bill, like I feel like fans everywhere understood that Bill kind of earned the right to be an ass in the media because if you're winning Super Bowls every year, you can kind of do whatever you want. Whereas, and I know Breslow hasn't had a season, so like he hasn't earned or not earned anything. But if Breslow doesn't talk to the media... And what would you it shouldn't him? be put on him. What would you ask him? Because and, and by the way, this is my job, but the people I'm trying to reach and connect with are people like you, it, just in a different sport. So it's still a mm -hmm. valid conversation from your end. But to my question, what would you want media to ask Craig Breslow? I I would want them to try to try to dig a little bit as to why are you having these discussions about Kenley Jansen? Why are you talking about Masataki Yoshida? What are you looking adding outside of pitching like are you still committed like it's been a long time since we've heard him say that they wanted to have like a rotating dh they also said that they wanted to have a defense first second baseman and then in the end the guy that they got to play second base isn't defense first so things so change but, but curious that's what i'm saying they say these things they pigeonhole themselves and then when it doesn't happen we're pissed so why say these things i just don't think there's anything breslow can say that'll help him or the red sox i hear you I, I don't think it would help. It's yeah. it's like John Henry going to winter weekend. There's nothing he can say that would help him. But I do think, like at least last year, I was like, I did respect that he showed face. Like it was it was like an embarrassing event for him. But I like you couldn't yeah. you couldn't hold it against him that I he showed face. It's different. The other thing, it's, it's different. I think the other thing too with Breslow is like, even if you don't get into like the nitty gritty stuff in like. I'm not asking what your budget is. All I'm asking is, okay, you signed Giolito and you traded Sale. Are you still looking to add two starting pitchers? Because you're net mm -hmm. zero in the rotation. Just an update on plans. Not even That's like a great question. Not even like targets. Not even budgetary things. Like what? What are you willing to spend? Just schematically, where are you? You signed Giolito. You traded Sale. You are net zero in the rotation. Yeah. Coming into the season, you wanted two to three. You got one, kind of, because you traded one. Are you still looking for two more, or you, even do you that, just want one more? Even that, like uh, Gordo, you mentioned it earlier in the show. You said they're already bent over because everyone knows that they're looking for a starting pitcher. Like, like why? Like, I just don't. It's I it's more like so. It's not about what he says. It's about like he should want. Like he, the team should, I don't want to keep putting this on him. I, the team should want fans to be curious about what's happening. They should want fans to be engaged with what's happening. They shouldn't try to hide things from the people that they are trying to sell a product to. Like that's, that's where I come. Like the fact that like, that they sort of in a way rely on the media and 
people in social media to keep them as part of the discussion is weird to me. And like, yes, they are still part of 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 the of the discussion. Maybe not as much as they used to be, but like, their social isn't super active in the off season, and. Oh, yeah. That's a whole different story. My God, there's so many things they could be doing to, like you said, keep us engaged at least. Yeah, yeah that's I yeah. Think- and Breslow is just one piece of that. You're right. It, it, like there's, there's a lot more. They had that Brian Bayo video and like we should we should see a lot of that from them. And like people story should be. Point. Yeah, like that. That should be a thing. But like I think the other thing, too, is there's so much value in like meaningful transparency. In terms of last week. Andrew Friedman was on MLB Network and said, we want a right-handed bat that can mash lefties, hold his own against righties, and play the outfield. The next day, they signed Teoscar Hernandez. If you're going to sit here and blow smoke up our ass, we're exploring all avenues, we're going to add a frontline starting pitcher, and you bring back Paxton, that's why people get pissed at you. Because you're setting these lofty expectations so, so high. If you just say... We will add a starting pitcher and leave it at that. When you do that, people will applaud you for achieving the goal you set out to do. Yes, it's all about honesty. This big umbrella term. Pissed off Pat is so funny. This, this, (laughs) I mean, this big umbrella term. Outfielder who happens to hold a bat with his left hand on the bottom and they got Teoscar Hernandez. Like, if you just said, we want somebody who could throw a ball over home plate faster than 85 and then you side Paxton... No one would bat an eye because you said exactly what you were going to do. Yeah, if they if they were honest and said and said, "Listen, we like it may not be what you want to hear, but we're we're not going to have payrolls approaching 250 million. We are going to try to improve the pitching staff. We're going to try to get a second baseman that we could use on an everyday basis, and we just lost the DH, so we're going to try to fill that spot." If if you if you're honest about that and don't say we're going full throttle. <laughs> like it's really talking? yeah what a, what a context what a concept man just being honest with your fan base like if you set the like if you set high expectations and then and then do nothing or or come out net zero in starting pitchers like or like if and it's january the, the middle of january like yeah people are going to be pissed when you do that so okay what if and this is so unrealistic but what if breslow spoke to the media and said look We're working on a laundry list of things that we need to do. We realize we have holes in the team in various areas. I can't divulge information on that because it would risk my negotiating leverage. But fans, media, and people around the team need to know that we are working our ass off to make this team better. Just keep it vague like that. Yes. I think that's the best he can do. And even that, I don't think does much for him. So... You look better. You look better. Or at least to me. At least to me, you look better. I I appreciate the medium between what you and I were talking about, Gordo. He talks to the media, but he says nothing. But he still that just show your face. Yeah, sure. Just just show your face. And speaking of showing your face, we had another New England team owner show his face today. Or yesterday if you're if you're listening to this on drop day. Uh, you obviously know by now that the Patriots and Bill Belichick mutually agreed to part ways, quote unquote. We all kind of know that this is Robert Kraft uh, saying it's time to move on. And today, Bill Belichick came to the podium and he said some words. 
And then Robert Kraft came to the podium. He said some words. It didn't feel forced. It felt almost natural and like they like they mutually appreciated each other and appreciated the 24 years that it was. They shook hands. They gave like a half hug. It didn't feel like they whatever. And then Robert Kraft came back two hours later and answered questions. He answered them thoughtfully. He like people asked legitimate questions. He wasn't he wasn't ready to talk about the future yet, but he was asked questions about what led to this. He was asked about the last 24 years and he gave thorough, thoughtful answers. And this is a guy who's not young. Like he's not giving you any excuses. Like he got up there, he faced the media and he did it. And despite the Patriots being like bottom bad. three and not bad. Yes. Bad on the field, but also I think bottom three in spending Robert Kraft came out of today looking like an absolute saint. Yeah. He made us feel like he cared about the team as much as we do. And he does. I believe him. He does. Can I, can I really quick, <clears throat> let me do a Bob Kraft. <clears throat> Please. Other than my family, the New England Patriots are the most important thing I have in my life. Is that good? Holy, dude, you're way too good at this. He, he, <clears throat> he sounds like he has like a little bit of food stuck in his throat all the time. So I'm trying to do like a. Here in New England. No, 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 that wasn't it. You had it, you had it better the first time. The New England Patriots. <laughs> he always sounds like a philosopher too. Kind of like he's. He's talking about the universe, but he's actually just talking about football. I love Robert. But like, like I was just about to say, I love Robert Kraft. The team sucks and has sucked for multiple years, but we feel like the owner cares. So we're okay with it. We know things are going to turn up. With the Red Sox, we're like, are they going to suck forever? Are they going to sell the team? I'm sure all of our older family members are chirping all about, oh, before 2004, bud. Let me tell you, we had... Dickie McDickerson and we sucked for years and this is what it's going to be like for you until 2096, you idiot. So it it does a lot as an owner to just show face and say, I care. I care about you, the fans. Bob Kraft even mentioned, I know that when the Patriots are bad, it affects the community. That's amazing. What an awesome thing to say, because it's true. I remember uh, when I was in college, some of my friends who are from out of town, they commented to me like, Dude, when the Patriots lose, everyone is so pissed off on Monday. But then when they win, everyone's like, hey, it's a great day in the neighborhood. Da, da, da. So I appreciate Bob Kraft leveling with us. This is going to start off on the rails. It will get off very quickly. Oh, hell yeah. Let's oh. go, Angry Pat. I'm, I'm going to unbuckle for this. I'm not buckling up. I'm unbuckling. Let's go. What a concept. It is to have an owner who gives a shit about having a good team. It's insane to me. Robert Kraft is a fan who has a lot of money. Like, that's sick. He was a season ticket holder, bought the team, was like, I'm sick and tired of seeing a bunch of losers. Brought in Belichick, brought in Brady, invested in the team, built up the stadium, six Super Bowls, 10 appearances. And even after all that, he still has the balls to fire Belichick after a a string of a couple bad seasons. Having like the awareness that, oh, maybe something has to change here. Maybe we ought to mix things up a bit. John Henry, and like the cool thing with Kraft is he does not care about the business side because he knows winning is the business. 
the more you win, the more money you make. He's been seeing that for 24 years. 24 years ago, you wouldn't, I, I was one years old, but I can't imagine when you were in California, you saw somebody rocking a lawyer Malloy jersey. Like it wasn't a thing. If you go to any state, there's a chance that you see someone rocking a Brady, a Judon, a Brewski, a Welker, Edelman, Gronk, Hernandez. No, not Hernandez, sorry. Um, <laughs> rerun. You said it would go off the rails. I, <laughs> yeah. Hey, but like, you said my something point, and you delivered. What a concept. Point, <laughs> my point being, like, that is a built-up brand, and that is single-handedly because of Robert Kraft and his undying want and willingness to win. John Henry is the furthest thing from that. He sees this as net profit. Oh, if I only spend $200 million and we make a billion this year, that's more money in my pocket. I think he has this weird sense of gratification that, okay, I've won four. We fought, we've won four World Series. I've played my part. Now it's time to make a little bit of cash, which is insane to me. Robert Kraft is so authentic. He gets up on the podium whenever he's available to the media, which is often. He's in the locker room after every single win, after Kissing every single people. loss, too. He kisses the players. I know. Mm-hmm. And it's... John Henry's never kissed me once. That's like something that stands out. That's why no one's calling for Robert Kraft to sell the team. People still didn't even want Belichick fired. It's just because when you genuinely want to win and you see and do everything possible to make that as close to reality as possible, it goes a long way. John Henry is in this weird state of mind or maybe just a positional shift. Maybe he just will never see it again where he does not give a shit about wins and losses. All he cares about is I own the Boston Red Sox. Let's make some money. And it's, it's just, it sucked. First off, Thank you to Belichick, press conference, whatever. I watched it later and it like at the end of it, after kind of just thinking about Belichick and Kraft and everything, like it just sucks knowing that never in a million years will you ever see John Henry show anything more than essentially being a robot on the microphone. And it sucks. Yeah. You know, Pat, I want to, I don't think John Henry doesn't care about wins and losses. I just think he, he believes in this, weird like like the fact of the matter is there are small market teams as you guys shoot finger guns at me okay we're shooting gordo if you're if you're shooting me we're shooting they're shooting me i just think he thinks i i think he thinks that he can win ball games long term with a lowish payroll because he sees other teams do it but the fact of the matter is boston isn't other teams and And you have a fan base here question for you guys of the let's say Top 20 players on the Red Sox, if you took the 20 guys you think are most likely to make the uh, 26-man roster, how many do you think John Henry can name? Ooh. Uh, <laughs> the fact I bet that he, he asked this is crazy. I, I bet he would be, definitely be able to get over half of the roster. But that probably, says a lot. Probably thinks like, Manny's still playing left field. <laughs> if you asked us, like, the day... After opening, like, I, I feel like at any point during the season, we could all just like rattle off the current roster. Yeah. Like in its entirety. I, I have no idea where he would go with that. That'd be a fun game to play with him. 
By the way, that would be that would be what I would ask him. Name the roster and see. I I, I kind of forgot to bring this up. We 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 mentioned it quickly uh, in lieu of the um, what do you call it? The town hall. Papelbon's going to be doing like his talk show. They they said it's going to be like a late night show. I don't know With what like that TC means. right? It's him and TC. Him and TC. Yeah yeah yeah. Tom Karen. What do you think he's gonna like? It's Papelbon. It- so it could it be could interesting. Go, it could be like a Pat rant and go off the rails, get a few drinks and Pat. What if he <laughs> goes in on ownership and the crowd is just fucking cheering for him? He's like, we love you, Pat. That's our closer. And he's just ripping John Henry. And then Tom Karen's like, oh, this is awkward for me. I work for Nessa. I don't know what to do. I'm just going to sit. That would be amazing. I would love that. So Pap earlier in the offseason – He's he's gone on foul territory a couple times, and I watched the entire first one, and I saw a bunch of clips because he was just on there with them. I think like Tuesday or Wednesday. Uh, at the beginning of the off season, he was talking about how ownership, like he knows that ownership really, 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 really wants to win, and like he thinks that narrative out there about them is, is BS that they don't care. And then in the recent one, he was talking about how he wished they would spend more money and that tone that he had in the first one wasn't there. I don't know if, if he's going to go in on them, but he, I could see him going in on the team. Like he, like he was throwing, I mean, he, first of all, he hates JD drew. So we might get some like weird stories there. Yeah. And like, what was he, that? He, yeah, he, that he was, was awesome. Air. You know, what's so funny is when the Red Sox signed JD drew, this was what? 2006 or seven, I think seven. Um, whatever, I would watch all the games with my dad. And I liked J.D. Drew, but my dad would always complain and say, like, this guy doesn't care. He's got no personality. And I'd kind of just be like, whatever, I don't care. Like, I I don't think anyone really, I don't think that matters. And then years later, Papelbon's like, fuck this guy. He didn't care at all. (laughs) Like, couldn't stand him. I'm like, wow, he was onto something. One thing that's funny that flew incredibly under the radar and somehow, like, I don't think anyone really saw it. Uh, Did you guys see Mike Cameron's response to that tweet? Yes, I was just going to say that. (laughs) Mike Cameron goes, dude, why are you airing out JD like this? Someone responds, I know, right? JD's a nice guy. And Mike Cameron goes, I mean, Pap's not wrong, but why is he doing this? I mean, I, why are you going at the guy? You're not wrong. <laughs> but like, why? Oh, my God. That's so kind of funny. funny. See, but this is what I'm talking about is you never know what's going to come out of Pap's mouth. So if he went on stage and just fucking ripped ownership or or the team, like you guys said, kind of was a little more vague, that would be hysterically funny. But now I'm actually remembering he's, he he works for Nesson on the side. So maybe he maybe he won't. We should we should try to. Uh, Get in his ear afterwards. Well, you know, but you know what Nesson doesn't have when they're recording is an entire crowd of people who are probably going to be begging him to say some shit. I mean, he's he's perfectly. We're like a focus group for Nesson and we're going to cheer with with certain things. This is going to be awesome. I can't wait for winter weekend. Last year. So I was in Bradfoe's fantasy football league and Pap had a team and there was a group chat for the league. And Pap in that group chat was, I mean, he wouldn't like, he would go like a week or sometimes like maybe even like a week and a half, two weeks without saying anything. But then when he would, would text in it, I mean, the guy, he just doesn't hold back. And it's, it's freaking 
awesome. And I hope we I hope we get that. I hope we get that. I hope we don't get yeah. and he, he doesn't necessarily hold back on Nessen. Like he's he's good on Nessen. I really like that that he's on there and like it's been awesome. But I hope he's, I hope we get some unhinged pap because we all everyone knows that that's in there. Yeah. Oh man, I, I, I'm I'm gonna hope and pray that this happens. I hope Pap doesn't get in trouble for it though, if it does happen. But oh man, what a memorable! They might just cancel Winter Weekend altogether if you get the town hall, and then Pap ripping everyone. Ah, we can dream. It would it would be like yeah, one year they had uh, they had the town hall and the fans just blew that up, so they got rid of that. And then the next year they had they had Pap on the stage, but then. Then he blew it up. So, like, well, the next year they're going with like JD Drew's going to take the stage, and we're going to see what happens there. But you know what would happen is like, so the Oakland A's did that. The Oakland A's canceled their fan fest, their equivalent to Red Sox Winter Weekend, and like the minor league team and some uh, independent league team, they're doing something, uh, and it's kind of like a not like a boycott, but like an fu to the Oakland A's and showing that Oakland still has baseball fans and stuff like that, which I think is awesome. Boston fans would do the exact same thing if there was no yeah. winter weekend. There would be Probably. something, and it would be chaotic. Yeah. All right. Little update. not Update depending on how much stock you put in. But uh, Mike Deportis, who I believe was one of the guys who – was one of the guys who uh, broke the tail scar to the Dodgers. He's, he's legit. He has stuff. Yeah, he gets okay. Yeah, I was along the same lines. Um, so he says that a source familiar with the situation said, told him the Yankees offered thirty million a year for five years for one hundred fifty million dollars to Blake Snell. Hmm. Snell rejected it because oh. he wants more money in one more year. Wow! Wow! Oh man! So if he rejected that, doesn't get what he wants, and goes back, I wonder if the Yankees will kind of like take some off of that and not my well it depends like what if they've signed another pitcher by then they only need one more pitcher so if they sign a guy yeah. like guess what that that's gone yeah and they want paxton apparently is what i'm is what i'm hearing like i have sources um my source is twitter yeah. so who knows <laughs> i hope that doesn't happen uh, yeah, I guess people like DM me on twitter they're like hey man are you hearing anything about x y and z like, no dude i have a podcast I'm not a reporter. I don't know shit. But yeah, man, I yeah, that's a I think that's a pretty fair offer for Snell. He's 30, so he'd be under contract till he's 35. Yeah. He'd probably get a smaller deal after that. Obviously not ideal. Ton of money, generational wealth, and a really, really good AAV. Yeah. The only problem is you gotta play for the Yankees. Who the fuck Yeah, which and and he, he's got that like goatee, and I I honestly think that if he shaved it, he would he would. He wouldn't. He would look bad. Without he would that. Look weird. have like a soul patch on the Yankees, right? That would be so Yankees. They're like wheel only, out patches. Ugh. Only like right under your lip, right? You can't have anything on the chin, and you could have. He he could go with a mustache. Like I was looking at Strowman. Like Strowman wouldn't have to change anything. He's just kind of got the little uh, pencil thin mustache. Like he wouldn't have to do anything. But yeah. anyway, we're we're gonna wrap this up with some enough said. I'll I'll take the first one. So Buster only like ESPN had a bold predictions article today. And Buster only, I'll, I'll read his off because I thought it was pretty interesting because we haven't really heard this take in quite some time about what the Red Sox might do. So I thought it was interesting. He said that his bold prediction is the Red Sox will do something aggressive and expensive. He says, 
Red Sox chairman Tom Warner told reporters his team was ready to go full throttle at the time they hired Craig Breslow. And while Boston's long shot attempt to sign Yoshinobu Yamamoto didn't work out, there are plenty of other investment opportunities available, from Snell to Montgomery to a possible trade for Cease. If the Red Sox don't do something big, Warner's words will become the backbone narrative of their 2024 season. If they struggle to contend in a tough AL East as expected, then Breslow's launch in his new job will be sabotaged. As Alex Cor- as manager Alex Cora's contract drifts towards expiration, the team will again be giving away tickets to college students in September. The Red yes. Sox will make a his prediction is the Boston or the Red Sox will make a big move for the same reason they spent huge dollars on Raphael Devers. They have no choice. Which, if that's true, if that happens, bullying works. Bully them. Bully those billionaires. Yeah, you don't have to feel bad. John Henry is worth $5.1 billion. So if you bully him a little, eh, don't feel that bad. Yeah, I just thought that was interesting. I, I mean, if 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 that if they end up signing Jordan Montgomery, he would have been the only person. Like, we haven't heard anyone. Like, we keep hearing, like, in John Heyman's articles, yeah, like, Red Sox and like six other teams have been connected to Montgomery, but every that's about as much as you'll get. Every single other person says like they're not in that market. Rosenthal says they're not in that market. All the local media says they're not pushing there. So if that happens, would be interesting. And I think that we as a podcast should take full credit for the signing if it happens. Yeah, I mean it's I obviously I mean it's it's a no brainer. I do think it's nice, and this has been going on for a few months, I, I guess you could say. It's nice that the national media is kind of picking up what Red Sox fans have been putting down for the last couple of months back, I guess you could say, since uh, like the trade deadline 2023, where it doesn't feel like the team is committed to making a good product and we're pissed off as fans. So I think it's uh, it's nice. It's nice. It feels comforting to see that we're not in our crazy bubble all the time and we're being heard. So yeah. good for, it was Buster who wrote that. Yeah, Buster only. Thank you, Buster. Appreciate you. Who before before we get on to the next one? Weird thing about Buster only. Like before, yeah. I had my Twitter account that like you guys know. Like I have like an account that I just like used to follow media, and I've had that account since I was in middle school, and I like never tweet from it, and I have never tweeted at Buster only for sure. But for whatever reason, he blocked me. I've never and I've gone back and I've I've done the Twitter search. Never tweet. I I don't I I barely tweet ever from that, but. And I maybe I used to a little bit more when I was younger, but like it was literally it was nothing. Buster only blocks blocks that account. So Buster only, if you're listening, I want an explanation, and I want you to unblock me. Be nice to Gordo, Buster. Yeah, I have a I have a two factor enough said. One is they're completely unrelated. Gordo being blocked by Buster only just reminded me. Um, I'm blocked by Garen Austin. I've never oh, why Garen Austin. <laughs> I have no idea. I'm blocked by Garen Austin. But um, my real enough said was, it sucks not seeing Rafi at Story Camp. I really wish he would go to Story Camp because, A, he's not more or less like the de facto leader and whatnot. But, like, you're the one who needs it the most, buddy. Like, I'd really like to see you there. Story camp for those who don't know is Trevor Story's like little uh, defense boot camp yep. that he's that he's hosting a bunch of Red Sox players at. And yep. Pat, As correct a- me if I'm wrong. Was it like every infielder that's a what? Who who's in the picture? It was basically just was, not Rafi, right? Yeah. So it was, it was uh, Story, Nick, yeah, Casas, Nick York, Von Grissom, David Hamilton, and so 
like I know, I think is Valdez playing uh, winter ball? Um, uh, I believe yes, but I don't know if he's still happening. Yeah. So like other guy, whatever. Like it would be, it would have been cool to see Roth there. And my my tweet earlier was pretty passive aggressive. Don't get me like I love Rafael Devers. I love Rafael Devers. That being said, I really wish he would take more of a vocal leadership role, especially where the team is kind of, or like the franchise is kind of like in not turmoil, but like this weird limbo and like guy, like whatever. Like it, I think Rafi stepping up and taking on like that leadership role, like I got this, like I'll work with the guys. Like I'm going to do my part to make sure we have a good team. I think it would go a long way, and I hope he kind of finds himself in that role as the season goes on. So I understand people are upset that he's not there, but two things. One, he lives in a different country. I don't think it's healthy mentally to pull a guy from, you know, I mean, he's on break. This is their job to play baseball. I'm sure he's training and everything, but like, yeah, you got to give guys downtime. Not, and, and I don't mean downtime, like sitting on the couch. I mean, like being with family, seeing friends. And I think, I mean, there's no way he's not doing baseball stuff. I know yeah. what he no, no, I know. team, but, and then the second thing is, uh, and Papelbon actually touched on this as well on foul territory. It's hard to be the leader of a team if you can't speak the language very well. And we know Devers is working on his English. We see it more and more and we're rooting for him. It's great. But like, if you can't communicate with a lot of your teammates, it's a really, really difficult task. So I want him to be the leader too. It might take a little while is all I'm saying. Yeah. I personally, to me, I I have a little bit more of a gripe. It's less about the story camp for me and more about the fact that he's not scheduled to, at least at this point, scheduled to attend winter weekend, which I understand if a guy like Yoshida is not going to go because a flight from Japan is crazy long. And like, if you're just going to have to go right back, like if winter weekend was right before spring training, that'd be a different story. But like the DR is not that far. You're the face of the team. You're the leader of the team. Uh, I don't know what, like if, if I should be directing the frustration towards him or if I should direct it again towards the team uh, for maybe not necessarily pushing enough to to make sure that your best players at this thing. But again, it's just, it's another example of people are paying good money. They sh- deserve to see a good product. And the fact that Devers isn't going to be there uh, as of now, Giolito's not going to be there. Cutter's not going to be there. Yoshida's not going to be there. Like that's a lot. So just, yeah, I say that again, Sammy. I said the fans and the ownership aren't going to be there either. So <laughs> it's yeah. just going to be, it's, it's gonna just going to be Sox securities. Red Sox security will be there. Red Sox security and play Tessie. Yeah, we'll be there. We'll be there. We'll be there. Yeah. Uh, want me to go? Yeah, you go. F- go for yours. Okay. So I just wanted to bring up a free agent that nobody has discussed. Uh, Spencer Turnbull, who was a member of the Tigers. Now, to be clear, this would be the depth starting pitcher signing. Very obviously would not be the ace of the staff, but just an interesting profile that I was looking at today um, In as for someone who would take on that kind of like Paxton role. So Turnbull, 31 years old, but he's only pitched about 300 major league innings. I think it's like 302. Uh, He's dealt with elbow, neck, forearm, back, shoulder, and foot injuries. However, he's healthy heading into this spring training, per reports. Not a big strikeout guy, gets a ton of ground balls, and is good at limiting hard contact. 
His ground ball rate, and this is high, it's between 46 and 57%. The average for Major League Baseball is 42. A similar pitch mix to Bayo, so there could be some symmetry there. Missed 2022 and most of 2023 because he got Tommy John. Let's uh, go back a little bit. 2020, he started 11 games, posted a 3.97 ERA, matching FIP-ish, with an 8.1K through 9 and a 46 walk through nine. So that's way too many. 2021, this is probably his best season prior to his surgery. 2.88 ERA. FIP was close again, about eight Ks through nine. And he cut the walk rate in half, more than that actually, to 2.2. Then he gets Tommy John, misses the entire season. And then 2023, he only pitched 31 innings. He got rocked uh, seven ERA, but his FIP was in the five. So it's, it's awful, but not as awful as it seems. He'd probably come very cheap with all the uh, the injuries and the lack of innings he's pitched lately, probably be a short-term low-money guy. I see it as a low-risk project for Andrew Bailey and company. Just wanted to hear what you guys thought about sign- about the potential of the Red Sox signing him. Again, this would be a depth guy. This would not be one of the guys that the Red Sox are relying on. So this is not... So you think that the Red Sox should sign like a top-of-the-rotation guy, a number four-ish guy, and then Spencer Turnbull. No, I think or is they he the four. You need you need an uh, what's the word we use a a functional ace. You need a depth guy that would be Turnbull. So like your sixth starter, and you already you got other guys in AAA that can help with that. Castillo they just signed, and then maybe you sign an extra. But I really don't think you need more than that. I think you need to go back over it. Functional ace, depth guy. I, I want a little bit better than Turnbull because I just I feel like his floor is a little bit lower than I want the floor of our four guy to be and his ceiling is not as high as I'd like the ceiling to be. Like I just keep and I know that the Paxton rumors have kind of gone away and like now they like reports seem to indicate that that's not happening. But like pa- pa- there's a bunch of guys like Paxton, Hyunjin Ryu. Like they talked to Bradford brought up Mike Clevenger and like as a pitcher like he's kind of the caliber of guy that I would envision for that role. Like Turnbull, I, I feel like if everything goes great, then he settles into the role that like, I want the guy that they get for that spot to be at their floor. But it's he, interesting. He would be like, the, I, I would look at him as like the sixth starter, not the four or the five. He would be your sixth guy. So like behind what, who? So it would Listen. be functional ace. Number one, who we don't have yet. Brian Bayo. is your two. Lucas Giolito as your three. Cutter Crawford as your four, Nick Pavetta as your five, and you can flip Crawford and Pavetta if you prefer. Yeah, I mean, the way I see that is just, like in my head, I would see that as they just added one starter. Yeah, like same. in my, but, but again, like I think it all, the question you're asking really is how much do you believe in Nick Pavetta? That's kind mm-hmm. of the question you're asking. Because yeah, like yeah, me, yeah. I'm I'm a lot more down on him than other people, and I just feel like this team's aspirations go beyond 2024, and they shouldn't have all their eggs in this rentals basket, who may or may not be good because he's been very up and down. Like when I think of them getting two guys, I envision them dealing Pavetta in the trade for, we'll call it the functional ace. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, if it's in that role, like if if you trade Pavetta and then sign a four and then do it, then like. Or, or if you believe in Pavetta and Turnbull's your six, like yeah, I mean, if he's not in the front five, by all means, like have at it, man. Like I'll take any depth. 
I think where we differ is I wanted them to get two pitchers, but I also did not consider Chris Sale as one of the starters because he's been so unbelievably unreliable. So entering the offseason, I thought, okay, we have Bayo at the two. You need a three slash four. Then we have Crawford and Pavetta. And if Sale's healthy, maybe he can help out. So to me, Giolito's one of the two guys they need. And then you need the functional ace. That's why I'm looking at Turnbull as kind of like the, the third guy, I guess, that they add because... Yeah, I mean, ideally you don't have to rely on him, but that's a guy with upside. Yeah, I mean, he threw a he threw a no hitter. I'm pretty sure in yeah. 2021. Like he's he's got good stuff, decent fastball too. So I, he's not not going to blow anyone away, but just I, I kind of like the uh, the upside play on a guy that I feel had a little bit of hype and then got forgotten about. All right, I got a good send out little update. If we want to end with this, it's a fun one. Yeah, let's hear it. Uh, so Joe Missoula just did a pregame interview with Chris Forsberg in a cutoff hoodie. Oh, oh yeah. And, and Chris Forsberg asked Joe Missoula what his biggest takeaway from spending time around Bill Belichick was. And while wearing a cutoff hoodie, Joe Missoula said, "We're worried about the Bucks tonight." Oh, I love. Oh Joe yeah. Go. He has earned so many brownie points this year. Dude, I was so, I think last year before the Celtics season started, I was livid. I'm like, we have such a good team. We got this guy who's got no clue what he's doing. Now I'm like the biggest Joe Mazzula fan. And he does like MMA and jujitsu. So he's for the uh, the fight game, which I love. So big fan of Joe Mazzula. That's a great little tidbit, Pat. Yeah, love that. Yeah. And on, and on that note, that's a hell of a way to send us off, Pat. I'm glad you did that. But... Yeah. Before you turn off the recording, before you before you click that pause button, before you move on to whatever you're going to listen to next, hit that subscribe button. I don't whether you, I think I saw an email today that Google Podcasts is going away, so we might not be able to poop on the people who use Google Podcasts anymore. But if you do use Google Podcasts, this is an opportunity to go to another platform and subscribe there. So hit us up, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, uh, I'm forgetting one, the Odyssey app. That's always a good place to listen. Like. Wherever you get your podcasts, you're listening to this. You've made it all the way through. We've been on for an hour. Hit that subscribe button. You'll get notifications anytime episodes come out. It is a hell of a way to be part of our little community that we're building here. Uh, the Play Tessie Boys, the Play Pen, the Tessie Heads. We're workshopping, but I, I, I think the Play Pen, the Play Pen is here to stay. Yeah, so, Play Pen. <laughs> the Play Pen is here to stay. You're here to stay because you've hit that subscribe button by now. We appreciate you guys listening and. Uh, yeah, maybe maybe by the next time we record, maybe the Sox will uh, have done something positive. But on that note, it's been Sammy, Pat, Gordo. It's been Play Tessie. Thanks for listening. Toodaloo.